This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. Jason Roundsville here, joined as always with my co-host, Dylan Ray. Hello, Dylan. How are you, Jason? I'm doing Bam. great, man. We doing have good. with, yeah, we have with us today. We have Bam Marshall from Wishes for Warriors. Uh, appreciate you being with us. Um, you know, I, I've I've been aware of you for a long time, and it was great to finally meet you last week in Utah. So thanks for taking some time being with us today. No, I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, uh, you know, first thing that I've got to ask is, you know. Unless you're in the Flintstones, Bam's kind of a unique name. Where where'd that come from? It was a uh, it's a funny kind of long story. I won't get into all the details of it. But when I was in the Marines, I uh, I ended up getting getting stuck with a sledgehammer uh, and had to carry it around for quite a while. But um, you know, I, I was yeah. So I would you know I was breaching doors and locks and knocking road wheels off tanks and everything else. And so it came kind of came and started as a little joke like hey we're bam bam because i always just had a sledgehammer with me and then it just never went away and then as i transitioned to the civilian world like all my buddies and everybody that had known me from you know the military contracting days and then they just everyone called me bam and it just never went away and so i kind of just absorbed it and my wife hates it she refuses to call me it so <laughs> but when all the buddy but all my buddies are here she's got to listen to it for days on end. Yeah. she'll slip every now and then and it kind of makes her bad about it but uh yeah That's so it was awesome. just an old marine corps 
call sign and nickname and it just stuck and never went away. So I ended up kind of just transitioning my name to that because that's how I, I had buddies that know me for years and somebody, my wife or somebody would call me Brian and they'd be like, wait, your name's Brian. I'd be like, did you know we, we went to war together? Like, like, man, I thought you were a band this whole time. And I'm like, Oh my God. So yeah, it just ended up going on emails and business cards. And so, yeah, it's just, bam, like it's, this stuck and never went away. I like it, you know, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot worse nicknames to have stick there, man. I'm telling you, some of our guys in our platoon, like one of them's call sign was window liquor. Like that could be the worst. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine that just, <laughs> this is like half of like acknowledge that your, your call sign is window liquor. So yeah. So everybody <laughs> going over the radio asking for bam or bam, bam. I, I didn't fight it. I, I was just like, Oh yeah. yeah, on the way. Like I could definitely be worse. You know, I, you know, I, I I understand the story about how you got your name, but I think we could do a whole show on how Window Liquor got his. I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a story. I don't know how PG it would be, uh, especially for, for your guys' platform. Uh, the guy wasn't the brightest human being in the world and messed up a lot of things. Um, got us lost on a bunch of missions, and we ran out of fuel, and we are having to drive up hills backwards because in, in our tanks, the fuel tanks are kind of at an angle, and it was a nightmare. And I think that was the the op that he officially got window liquor because they just, he wasn't the brightest. And so, um, yeah. and it stuck. And the worst part for him was he was a, he was senior to all of us troops at the time. Oh, no. So we got to acknowledge him as window liquor when we would like, when you'd call his vehicle, he'd be like, Hey, we need window, window liquor, actual. And if you knew, and the guy was not the most liked person either. He was actually right. just a huge jerk. And, uh, and so the fact that like me as like a Lance corporal or a belligerent corporal in the Marine Corps, like I got to call my Sergeant like window liquor. It, it I would just find a reason to try to call him over the comm just because you knew his skin crawled every single time. And I yeah. loved it. Yeah. All right. Don't get any ideas, Dylan. <laughs> hey, yeah. we, uh, we had a, a linebacker for the university of Arkansas and his legal name, legal name on his birth certificate was bumper pool. His last name was pool and his parents named him bumper. And, uh, you, you wouldn't, how many jokes I heard of, oh yeah, he would play for Arkansas. And I'm like, well, you know, I can't argue with you there, but legal name bumper pool. There you go. I mean, his I parents like probably it. had a good sense of humor on that one. Yeah. You got to be a football player if you're going to name your kid Bumper. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's like that's when you see those athletes and they have those just those wild names. You're like that that person was destined yeah. to be some sort of athlete be, just because of their name alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you walk into the music store, you're like, "Hey, how you doing? My name is Bumper Bumper Pole." They're like, "Get <laughs> get the heck out of here!" Nope, <laughs> you are not. I repeat, you are not touching a violin today. <laughs> they just hand him a banjo at that point. Yeah, it ain't yeah. going to happen. I, no, w Window Liquor had the banjo. So <laughs> yeah. this, this guy just got nothing. They're just like, out, get out. Maybe drums. I would say Window Liquor probably played the, uh, what was it? You, every kid had to play the clarinet. You remember that in oh, like middle school? The, the recorder. <laughs> recorder. That's what it was, the recorder. <laughs> that's what he got. Yeah. Couldn't mess it up. He'd probably yeah. still break it. When the recorder's too advanced for somebody, that's when you get window liquor status. That's yep. right there. So, well, hey, um, once again, we're 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 here talking everything, Pope and Young and bow hunting and whatever else pops up. You know, one of the things that that I was excited to hear about is is you actually were at the booth um, for your organization. So, 
please tell us a, a little bit more about Wishes for Warriors. Uh, it was yeah, absolutely. Um, so I founded Wishes for Warriors about eight years ago, and in kind of just hopes of getting a few vets into the outdoors every year. Like uh, literally, our goal was five vets a year. That was that was it. And little did we know that eight years later, we would be putting hundreds of vets into the field a year. Um, we've launched so many new programs over the last couple of years and just the growth that we would have had. I never would have imagined what this little kind of dream and just kind of to help some guys out. Never thought it would grow into what it is today. And so, you know, we've evolved. I mean, years ago, that's how we actually got into uh, the, the Western Hunt Expo is because we were big into the outdoors. I mean, hunting, fishing, mainly hunting. And so we started going to the Western Expo and, you know, we work a lot with the, the Mule Deer Foundation and they would, they donate their booth to us. We bring a bunch of vets and they get to see all the cool, just outfitters right. and taxidermy and the awesome companies that are part of this industry, especially the Western hunting part of things. And so it was just something really cool for those guys. But, you know, you fast forward to where Wishes is now and we've actually cut our hunting programs back extreme i mean i'm we a few years ago i cut my hunting my hunting budget in half and then last year we cut that budget in half again only because now there's been this huge transition in the veteran community it's it's always shifting yeah and, and so you constantly have to be evolving with what the vets are wanting and needing and so years ago when we launched it there was still so many wounded vets laying in hospital beds at home healing mentally or physically and that was our goal at the time was to get as many of these men and women back into the outdoors that either used to do this before suffering uh, a traumatic injury or wanting to start a new passion and so now you fast forward eight years later that whole wounded veteran demographic has gone through a lot of the physical healings and so they're able yeah. to go and do this stuff now so now what the veteran community is coming to us with is they want to learn now they're wanting to learn skills and trades and in, in, in just all these different types of programs and so what we've done by cutting back our hunting programs is now we're we're still doing a lot of the hunting but now instead of just sending a vet on a, on a trophy hunt now we can send them on a hunting 101 clinic where it's just a doe hunt or a cow elk hunt. So there's no pressure. Right. And it, and it took me as like a, you know, I hunt 365. I mean, that's what my passion is besides my kids and my family, it's hunting. And so it took me a lot of years to realize inches aren't saving these veterans' lives. It doesn't matter about if it's a 185, 200 inch muley or some 340 bull. Is it great? And did that guy experience probably a trip of a lifetime? Absolutely. But what did it right. actually do for that veteran? And so now that we've gone through that transition, now these guys and girls want to learn. And so what we've done is, like I said, the, the hunting 101 clinics. Now, instead of sending one guy on a mule deer hunt for X amount of dollars, I can take six to 10 vets for that same amount for that deer hunt and send them on a doe hunt. And now they're learning awesome. how to hunt shot placement i'm talking hunting 101 guys that have never pulled the trigger on a big aim animal and so and then they're coming back i mean the the life that is like getting breathed back breath back into these guys and girls right. it's it's amazing to watch and it's not some high pressure you don't have this whole extravagant freaking just dog and pony because they're a wounded vet now it's like hey let's do this this is how you gut it this is how you feel dressed this is how you hold a knife like this is where you cut 
how to debone, how to package, how to pack a pack. So now we've been doing a lot of these and these vets are just, they're, they're just blown away by it. And then the feedback that we're getting from these clinics is more than we would ever have received of some vet shooting 190 inch mule deer. Right. So then on top of that, now we've, we've, so my kind of my, my goal with wishes when I launched it was to one day, the vets that were part of the program are now the program. Now they're running things. I want vets to be able to give back to the community because it, it feels good to, to help the men and women that you were shoulder to shoulder with one day. Now they're on an event with you. So it's, it's pretty awesome. And that's, what's happened. We've, we've a lot of our first like original, we call them the OG vets. Now these guys are coming back to us and they're wanting to launch programs and we're allowing them to do this. So now we have a recreational program that I never, never has even been in a thought ever with me right. to have a rec program. So now we're doing like whitewater rafting clinics, downhill mountain biking clinics. I mean, um, snow, we got two snowboarding clinics coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're doing hunting clinics. And then also we're doing seminars. We're teaching people how to, these vets, how to do knife working, woodworking. And so it's just been a really cool trip and adventure with these guys and the growth in the constant flux and changing of the veteran community to be able to give them what they want. Not just like, Hey, this is our organization. This is what we do. Either take it or leave it. Now it's like, Oh, this is what you guys want to do. Cool. Let's, let's, let's implement that. Let's, let's give these guys and girls an opportunity to do what they want to do instead of them coming to us and be like, well, this is what we're going to offer you. So, you know, if right. it's for you, cool. But no, what we're doing is we're constantly evolving. And so once we've done that and kind of shifted gears to not, what we want to provide for them, but like, what can we provide for you? And so we've just, it's been, it's been kind of life-changing for everybody. And the growth that we've had this last two years with our organization has been unbelievable. I mean, there's the support we have is like nothing I would ever have imagined or dreamed of. And so, you know, it's just a really good, uh, a really good time to be able to sit back. And it's nice to have also combat wounded veterans on our program because they're seeing, they're feeling, they're hearing everything that the community is talking about. And then they come back to us and they know they could come back to us because we're, we want to be that organization that's constantly just, we, we we're flexing, you know, we're kind con- you know, in the, in the Marine Corps, we always had that term is called Semper Gumby, you know, you always gotta be flexible. And so that's kind of what we've absorbed. And so, okay, maybe, trophy hunts aren't what all these men and women want to do. Maybe they want to learn just the basics. And so then we implement that. And so it's been, it's been pretty awesome. The last few years we've really taken off. We, you know, you, you always kind of have to evolve and, you know, sink or swim when it comes to growing as a business. And if you don't, I mean, it's just, you see a lot of these organizations, they come and go. And so, you know, we're very small. We look big on social media and what we're doing, but we run this out of our house and it's my wife and I, and we have a couple of board members and volunteers. And so we try, we try to keep it as grassroots and real as possible. We're not some big corporate organization. And, and we try to just show these men and women, like just, a, just a good time. That's all we're focused on is just having fun and just showing them what they can do and what life is like after war. And so that's kind of what we're providing yeah. for them. What's been the what's been the biggest obstacle you've noticed getting them involved in hunting? Um, there's really well besides the physical, um, yeah, feet, you know, disabilities that some of these guys have. But that's what's great about what some of the team that we have built is we'll put these guys on our backs, we put them on packs, and we'll hike them into these areas if we have to. We we have the equipment, and the gear uh, to get them into the field. But I mean, as far as just hurdles and things, I mean. We honestly, we don't really look at them as hurdles. We just like, okay, how do we overcome this? And we just kind of just steamroll it as a team and just 
figure out how to do it. And so we just finished a, a bison hunt in Montana with uh, a company that's called Branded Bison. They're out of they're out of Montana, out of Plains, Montana. And they reached out to us and, and wait till you guys see this video. It's going to be unreal. But I mean, we took three vets up there on a hunting clinic and only one of the vets um, had hunted before. But, it, you know, it was just a one-time deal. He killed a good bull and that was it. But it was just one of those like, cool, here you come. Here's the animal. You shot it. You'll get your head in. You'll get your mount back in a year. Here's the meat. Thanks for your service. He didn't learn anything, you know, on how to break it down and actually how to pack it and quarter it. And, and this guy's a, he's a, an amputee above the, the knee, pretty much almost, almost at the, the dick line. And so he's a really, it's really hard for him to move. And so this guy shot a bison on the side of a mountain in a rock shoot. It looked like, it looks like mountain goat country. Like if you Photoshop the bison out and put a mountain goat there, people would think you're at like 10,000, 14,000 foot elevation. Right. It was wild. Like I had buddies messaging me like, what are you guys doing on the side of this mountain with bison? Like how to, explain how you're even in this situation and so this guy hikes all the way up with another vet that was that was with him and you know as we're trying to get the horses and everything saddled up to, to get up there to these bison this vet was like i'm gonna climb this like i i want to earn this and man he climbed all the way up this rock shoot to his bison to get his hands on it. he's like no like i want to go to it like i i did this i'm gonna earn it and it was just really cool to be able to see him accomplish that and then not only just accomplishing that for himself and to show himself to like hey this mountain's not going to stop me and then we sat there and broke this bolt we actually shot two of them on the side it was a nightmare and we you know we broke both these bowls down on a rock shoot you know, halfway up the side of this mountain and we spent all day up there doing it and we got the horses to pack it out. And these guys had like the adventure of a lifetime. And so, wow. you know, normally you'd shoot it. Cool. They take pictures with it. They go back to camp. They can eat, drink, whatever they want to do, whatever happens after that. But nope, not in these clinics. Like you're, if we're up here, you're up here and you're going to learn how to do this. And so now he can take that skill back and they all got meat every one of them got their, you know, steak, burger, you name it. They got a cool hide. They're going to, we're getting all the hides tanned and they get a European skull out of it. And so it was really cool. And we were up on the, um, the flathead reservation. And so each vet donated a huge portion of their bison back to the res to help feed a lot of the families that are there. And so it was just a really cool deal to be able to, you know, them allowing us to come on and do these bison hunts and then be able to give back to that community. And the vets felt so, I mean, we told them all like, Hey, this is what we would like to do they were like, absolutely. They're like, they can have half of the bison if, we, if they want. And so it was just, it was just awesome to be able to have that community come together with our community and to be able to provide for, for each, each party. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it's neat that you guys have, have evolved. You know, you listen to the folks coming out and, and they want something a little bit different yep. and then where you're evolving into the, the workshops as opposed to just the hunts. So yep, it's, um, I know for me, there's just something magical about being outdoors, you know, whether you're chasing, oh, yeah. no matter what you're chasing, it's just nice to be out there. And then when you were putting these guys into the field, the way that we're doing it is it's a little bit different than most organizations. Uh, I'll admit that it's, um, we want, we want these guys to just be free on a trip. There's, we don't want to you know, put a hinder or, or regulate what they're able to do. I mean, the day before, I mean, these guys are doing a cattle drive and they're pushing a herd of bulls down this highway where we got these little kids that are blocking traffic with trucks and, you know, the bull falls through the ice and we're going to get a truck and yank this bull out of this ice. Like my buddy and I fall through the ice. 
I mean, and these guys were just like, they've gone on with trips with other organizations. Like, we've never experienced anything like this in our life. They're like, and their biggest feedback right. was they're like, we were able to feel free. We were able to just pretty much just be a man for in just right. spark, spark that fire back in them. And so, you know, that's one of the big things with us is, is we want them to be as free as possible on these trips. Like, I don't want to like regular, oh, you got, you got to be in your, your, you know, the hotel room. We need you back at the Airbnb by nine o'clock. You know, you got to do this. You, you can't go out and hang out with a buddy in town. It's like, and you served your country. You're a wounded veteran. You've been through hell and back. Like, who are we to sit there and regulate what you can do? But at the same time, it's like, Hey, here's this adventure. Here's an opportunity. Don't screw it up. Like, don't, don't, you know, we're going to do it professionally and represent the organization how we right. should. But at the same time, like, go be a man, go, go be free. And, you know, experiences, take it all in and don't, don't, we're not going to red tape this for these guys. And like, that's what they're, the main thing they're getting out of this is the camaraderie, learning the lessons that everything that they've learned by on these hunts. But at the same time, like, I think what you can't advertise and you can't put out there is just allowing them to just breathe and just taking those roots of just almost like a primal root that we're giving them like here you are here's a heart here's a bison heart and these guys all bite a chunk out of it they're on the side of a mountain screaming and yelling and it's just like how, where else can you do that and so but we want to provide a form it's not for everybody and that's why we have so many other programs we have programs to help out um gold star families ones that have lost loved ones we have couples retreats uh, the seminars where we're teaching these guys and girls skills now, if, if it could be anything, we're doing um, financial clinics. I mean, we try to offer a lot to them, but obviously our main bread and butter is adventures and just getting them back into the outdoors in some way, one way or another. But yeah, it's it's been it's been a hell of a ride these last few years and the growth and just kind of just giving these veterans what they need and what they want, what they're asking for. That's outstanding. Well, it's it's um, haven't been around that a little bit it's it's nice and i know it's sure appreciated by them oh yeah it's 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 a lot of work but man you see the smile on these guys faces or you know a couple of the guys they live local to us uh when we got back from the bison hunts so we invited them and their families over just because we wanted to hear you know the kind of their side of the story afterward it's just awesome to be able to see these guys and girls go from you know just their everyday life and then to experience something like this and then it started this passion you know now they have this drive and they want to do the next one or they want to get involved and start taking guys out themselves and you know it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome to be able to sit back and watch just everything unfold and you know put a smile on these vets faces at the end of the day it's kind of just our main goal absolutely wow that's you know it just providing those opportunities it's got to I'm sure as much as you give, you probably get back, you know, tenfold. Oh, for sure. I mean, there is a trip this year and, you know, and I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. Running an organization isn't easy. It's, it's a lot of work sometimes, especially at our level where we're not the corporate size, where we have these huge teams and we're not connected with these vets. Like, I mean, like I said, we run it out of our house. So we get to know all these guys and it, it can be pretty taxing and, and pretty exhausting at moments, but, you know, when you, you go on these trips and you get such a good group of guys, we did a, we did a rafting trip last summer and it was on the rogue river in Oregon. We were disconnected for five days and to be able to see where these guys started from like their mentality and their mindset the day before we left to within five days of hitting the boat ramp and pulling the rafts out of the water, every single person, including myself was a different person. It, they were, they had grown and it was just, it was really cool because I did it with one of our, you know, our, the 
Dom, he's my uh, event coordinator for our recreational program. It was kind of a test run because we wanted to work with this company, but we want to book multiple trips every year. So it was kind of just a test run for us. And him and I sat back and it was just amazing to see how they've all just evolved over five days of just bonding, just being a man on a river and being free and just being able to you just, just disconnect from everything. If it was the stresses of, you know, this, the administration or the Afghan falling, it was, this was all happening during that time. So these guys were feeling a lot of this because a lot of these guys were Afghan vets, you know, or just the stresses of finances and you name it, you know, everything that we all go through, but to be able to take them and unplug for five days and to see who they were when we hit that boat ramp was, that's what was really like that impacted me the most. And I was like, okay, like uh, it's a, it's a good, it's a breath of fresh it's a breath of fresh air for me because we don't always get to see it, you know? And it's so when you're, when you get to experience it firsthand, it's like, this is why we're doing this. This is exactly the reason, you know, that we're, my wife's up at three in the morning trying to get these guys, everything booked and, you know, getting them taken care of and situated. And so it makes those days and nights and long volunteer hours. It makes it yeah. pretty, pretty worth it when you can see an actual change in, in them as they grow like internally. And so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Especially when you're putting in, you know, weeks and months of work to make it happen and then you hope it has the effect. Yep. And then which it doesn't, doesn't always, you know, and it's not for everybody. And maybe they thought what program they want to go on was for them, but we try to find the right program and the right guys to match them. We do, we do a lot of vetting. We try to with questionnaires and, and trying to feel out their personality and their types and things like that. We try to match these guys with other groups. So that way they can, they'll, they'll click together. Not all, not all vets get along just because your vets doesn't mean they're all going to jive and so you know you might have some guys that are more concerned you know pulled in and they don't want to express in front of people then you get the other guys that'll just tell their stories and and very you know over the top and so we try to match groups and so that way it's enjoyable for everybody and so it's a lot of work and then when it when when you knock it out of the park it's pretty awesome to sit back and just watch them just you know just enjoying life absolutely so I know now one of the things we talked about, I'm, I'm hoping we'll be able to put it together is uh, you guys have a, is it a moose hunt coming up that you guys are yes. doing? Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, I, I know we talked about you guys even doing that at our bow hunters bash there at, at the Baku center in May. So yeah, that's going to be fun. So hopefully we can get that all lined up um, and get the vet. We'd like to bring the vet there and surprise him but um yeah that's going to be a, a pretty cool hunt we've never done a moose hunt with this organization wow. so it'll it'll be our first one um yeah so we're really looking forward to that and hopefully everything pans out and we can definitely get this guy up there and create some memories with that yeah that'd be nice it's kind of you know you look at at all the different things and when this first popped up they're like gosh is, is there any way we could do that and we're like absolutely man we could totally do that so yeah I'm looking forward to it. Um, it's it's definitely going to be a, a good time, and we're going to find the right guy for it. I think we have we have a couple of nominees. We kind of sat down and talked about it when I got back, um, and we got some good guys. We're going to start just kind of keeping an eye on and make sure we want to make sure you know it goes to the right vet and a good guy that's yeah. going to really appreciate it and get a lot from it. Absolutely, I'll tell you what that that event not too long ago was just almost a pipe dream, and then 
now it's it's coming together and we met with the folks there in in ogden and mike and his team are just wow so so great to work with there and the guys at baku you know dave and brian they're just fantastic to work with so we're we just continue to get excited about it and shad i mean you know having him on board is huge because he's he knows a lot of people and He's just got that infectious energy. It's like when you're oh, yeah. around, he's him, a great dude. You're just like you want to do more, and so, and Dallas Smith, who's our our VP, is is he's got some wonderful ideas with the the field judging competition. So we're excited about how that can turn out, and all of a sudden we haven't even had our first inaugural bow hunters bash there, and we're all we're, we're already looking down the road. Okay, where can we go next? How can we do this? What can we do here? So it's pretty yeah. exciting to be part of. You know, no, see it's, it, rolling. it should be a good time. And the, you know, that Baku center is next level. I don't know if you've yeah. visited it yet. And God, I mean, the, the targets they have set up the indoor and outdoor range. Um, that's like the, I mean, where can you get a better, just meeting meet and greet point you know for everybody yeah. to come together and join in for a day or a weekend bash i mean that that place is awesome back you bikes i mean those don't suck I, I they carry my big old butt around the mountain i've been i've been running back you bikes for a few years now those things are a lifesaver i am not a walker i just i don't like hiking i don't like walking it just i moan and bitch the whole entire time i'm all admitted i'm one of those guys like i'm not just like oh i'm gonna go in 10 miles and hammer out the background no i want to ride in 10 miles there you go. i start my hunting there like it's just it's just my style of hunting i just i've done it for years and i just i just sucks i don't enjoy it so when i first got my hands on these vacuum bikes i was like babe we need we're gonna need a few of these and so yeah. it just took me a little bit to convince her to that but now that she's on them and i just had to pitch it this is where guys screw up they're just like oh i need them for hunting i'm like family time and we'll travel and we'll ride the beaches and we'll go on cruises to the mountains blah blah, blah. she's like oh this sounds great yeah. sold like that's you always there gotta you go. find the right angle i think yeah. baku has a new tagline those don't suck <laughs> those don't suck they don't suck hey no they're they're I mean, and you get the guys who are like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, uh, they're not going to – I'm like 260 pounds on a good day. And if I could climb straight out of a dark, deep hellhole canyon with them with a bear on my back, like, you're good. You you, you got yeah. it. And so – and they just – they spoil you. I mean, they really do. I mean, when you're – when you hit, like, that eight, nine-mile mark and you're not even sweating yet and you're just like, <laughs> okay, this is – this was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, – I bought – about one last summer and i took it places and you know like one of the places i hunted in idaho it i could get there in a truck but it was just rough and it just beats mm-hmm. the tar out of your truck and it takes you know 40 minutes because you got to go slow and then you hop on a vacuum bike and you're there in 15 and yep. it's like man it's it's just a better tool for some jobs and it really uh, is. I mean, I don't use them for everything, but I try to, Oh man, yeah. I'm, I'm like walking a man on like goat trails and almost falling off yep. ledges and stuff with them. But I'm like, I'm just going to do it. But yeah, they're, they're a great, great piece of gear to uh, add to the, the collection of everything else I got. Yeah. And they're just, you know, and for us, you know, in our por- corporate partner program, it's just nice to have, folks like that you know when we first actually i first met um dave up at one of the mountain archery festivals we got to shoot the actually i think we shot the pope and young course and we're riding up you know on the chairlift and we're just you know talking about stuff and and 
you know, he, he says, well, here's some of the things we've got coming up. And then now it's been a few years later and gee, they came on as a corporate partner, you know, we're, we're doing an event at the back and it's just, everything kind of comes full circle. And it's so, it's just so neat to see it all come together. And they're great dudes too. I mean, they're great guys, yeah. just like, just as individuals. I mean, they, we've hit them up before in the past and we're actually, uh, we've talked to them. We're trying to do a big, um, DIY antelope clinic. We're going to try to get a bunch of guys doe tags for Wyoming this year. And if we get the amount of tags we're hoping to, we're going to do like a wall tent, um, public land, just hunting off Baku bikes where, you know, it'll be two guys per one guide or three hunters, two to three hunters per guide that I'm going to bring out some of my buddies. And so we're just going to scatter every day on, on Baku e-bikes and then hunt, you know, the, the rolling Hills and everything that we can do on the e-bikes. And I just, we could do it in trucks, but I think the guys will get more out of it and feel like they earned it more, yeah. you know, being able to, you know, cruise around on bikes and spot and stock off of them. And so it's, they're a really cool tool. So we're looking forward to that for hopefully this fall, if everything lines up, you'll be seeing that as well. So, but they're all for it. I mean, I went to them and I was like, Hey, I don't need them. Just need to need X amount for this trip. And they're like, just give us the heads up and we'll, we'll be there. Yeah. And so I was like, you guys come on out and hang out. And so it'll be cool to have those guys in camp and just watching these guys stack you know, antelope up. Oh yeah. That's a good old fashioned meat hunt right there. That's all it is, you know, but at the same yeah. time, it's an antelope. I mean, when you do cow elk, we'll take cow elk hunts. We'll take doe hunts all those all day. We do them all fall, but I mean, an antelope's just so easy to take care of, you know, like 15 minutes. We'll probably with these guys will be 30 minutes, 40 minutes showing them everything. But I mean, God, it's yeah. in and out. You can throw a whole thing, all the quarters and in, in one pack and you're in and out of there. It's not like you're packing a bison off the side of a mountain and just yeah. hoping you don't die while you're doing it so you know it makes it makes it fun so just kind of a relaxing easy easy hunt yeah so well um one of the things you know with when we started talking about doing this at the Baku center there they they stepped up and they said you know gosh we're gonna have to do something really cool so let's do you know what we should do a door prize of a bike and so we're looking at this and I don't know where else you can go win a $5,000 door prize on a $60 ticket that includes yeah. a barbecue dinner and, and a bunch of other stuff. So we're excited about it. And uh, I mean, May 14th seems like it's a long way off, but it's coming up faster than you realize. You, yeah. So we're excited about it. I think it's going to be great and, and hopefully people really enjoy it. And, you know, the community aspect, um, I, I just think it's got a lot of, lot of value bringing people together bringing bow hunters together from from all over utah and maybe even some fringes of some of those other states up there and oh i'm sure i mean i know i know buddies that have gone down for other events from from up here and it's i mean those guys are growing they're doing the right thing and then have you guys involved and just to grow the the community of you know the pope and young and, and these other classes and other organizations that maybe aren't you know, on the radar, like all these giant ones, but now they're starting to come out and see these cool, fun events. Like I'm, I'm, I guided mule deer for years. I mean, I still guide, but they're the fact that they're doing this um, scoring competition and how to measure. Yeah. And I mean, I find that fascinating because, you know, uh, Eastern Colorado mule deer isn't going to be the same as some Alberta, you know, deer up there, or the plains versus the mountain deer. I mean, everything varies on ear length and width. And, you know, so I'm, I want to listen to the experts talk and like, that's what's yeah. exciting for me. Like I want to go down and be like, okay, I had no idea, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's, so it's, it's, it's cool that they're adding things like that. And if a lot of guys, I feel that 
you know, can maybe swallow an ego for a little bit and realize that here your scoring isn't maybe the best. Cause we see, your, yeah. we see what you guys post about and I'll look at somebody's ear and be like, uh, you know, baby, yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it'll be fun. It'll be, I'm interested to see that. And so these guys have a friendly competition of, you know, being able to field, you know, ground score some deer, you know, some Pope and young and some of these giants, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Like that's, that's, what's interesting to me. Like that's why I want to go the most just so I can, yeah. I can see, you know, the different tips and tactics on how to score these things. Well, it's like you said, when we were visiting last week, it's kind of like, you know, everybody thinks they're a field judger. Well, now's your chance to show up and yep. show out. It's like, are you or aren't you? Because anybody, you know, anybody can say, oh, yeah, that's a, you know, 182 and five eights. Well, unless you wind up getting that buck, you never know. So then you're, no. of course, right. Now we're going to have that opportunity. We'll have the, you know, is coming in with the optics and and you'll have an opportunity to put it up against the best of the west and see who's who's really spot on i'm interested like that'll be fun i'm yeah i want to learn the elk side of things like i'm you know i've killed the fair share of elk but i'm not i'm not a hardcore like i you know for most part for muleys if i have time to look at them i could get pretty close in you know scoring them but with elk like yeah i mean you know when it's big it's big you know and you could kind yeah. of rough score i'm just i just don't have the experience with them and the time just spent just staring at them for months on end and so that'll be interesting to me and i'll i have buddies that are hardcore elk guys and they'll start picking them apart and i'm just, just like almost gibberish to me of how they're scoring them and measuring them and i'm just like yeah like, where what like how do you and so yeah i want to actually sit down and learn that just to better myself and you know so that way when I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to pass on any elk. I mean, I'll, I'll die. So, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, that was a 320. Yeah, 320, boy, you're dead. So, yeah. you know, yeah, just it'll just be nice to be able to, like, you know, just look at something and kind of get a better reference for it. I'm, I'm definitely yeah. not a picky elk hunter. I just, every area, every, every bull's getting an arrow tossed through it if I get an opportunity. So, I'm not, yeah, the, yeah. I don't discriminate. There's guys like you and I, we see horns, we shoot. And then there's guys like Alan Bolin who is talking. He's like, well, I needed a 109. And I'm like, oh, that's a 108 and a quarter. I didn't shoot it. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Two different kinds nope. of guys. That's, nope. I... you, you know, the thing about that is, is, is Alan and some of those guys, he has the ability to go have a great hunt and like, he's okay with not punching a tag. And, and for me, whoo. Uh, man, I like to punch that tag. And I've got a lot of buddies like that. That mm -hmm. My buddy Dave, he, he's like, oh, worst day of any hunt is when you have to punch your tag because then it's over. And it's I'm, over. Like, I'm like, man, that's what I've been working for. All year, I did my research, did my training, did my shooting. That's the goal is to punch that tag. So it's it's definitely a little bit different. But that was – I got that feeling last year. I, I, you know, I killed my archery bull and – I went up and we got in there and we, there was just this, it was just the perfect scenario. You could, it's probably a once in a lifetime stock. And the longest part of my whole entire hunt and season was the spot and stock. I was crawling on my face for two and a half hours, just getting to within 50 yeah. yards. Cause they're bedded in these flat sages. And I literally just got on my face and crawled 50 yards, pull up bull stands, poop, dead for with, I mean, it was my first day and I'm like, shit, like, <laughs> 
all right, well, I guess I'm done. You know, it yeah. didn't even dawn on me. And I was like, well, cool. I guess I'll help out you guys. Like, oh, yeah. I'm, done for the, I'm done for the season. So, you know, it was kind of that bittersweet. Like once, once the adrenaline and everything dumped, I was just like, well, crap. Like, I guess I'm done I'm now. Done. So yeah, it's like that Forrest Gump. He's like, well, I guess I'll go home now. You know, yeah. when he gets done walking, like that was what I felt like. I was like, well, just go home and watch everybody else kill stuff now. Yeah. See, that's, that's hard for me because it's, you know, especially if you have a, a longer hunt and you put the effort in all of a sudden you're going, 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 and there's that emotional roller coaster of, okay, I haven't seen or heard an elk in three days. And you yep. start wondering, Hey, am I ever going to see an elk? And then all of a sudden you get into them and you get that excitement. You're right up on a level 10 and you get that constant kind of highs and lows and and everything in between and as soon as i connect and i'm like oh this is great i just got my bull now i'm yep. ready to go again tomorrow like i'm literally on level oh, 10 yeah. i'm ready to go you know again tomorrow and the next day and it's like oh nope you're done yeah and so that's the hardest part for me about some of this big game is when i finally you know connect and i have the energy and i have the wherewithal to to just go for another two weeks straight you're done. And so that was it's a bummer. Things. It's bittersweet. That's for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it's what we live for. So, you know, I get those guys that are super picky, but I'm just, I'm not that guy that's killed, you know, five, six bulls over three feet. I mean, I've never even come close to that. Yeah. I kill rags. Uh, all my bulls are rags, but you know, it's just like, I get, I have buddies that have, they've killed 40 something bulls over their lifetime. And they're just like, we go out and they're like, yeah, it was, it was a decent six. And I'm like, get out of the way. Like I'm yeah. swinging arrows, like move, you know? And, and so, you know, I get them. They, they want to hunt the whole season. They're looking for the right one. And they're happy if they uh, either way or me, I'm like, Oh, it's got horns. It's, it's getting an arrow flung at it for sure. Like I'm going to let the air out of it real fast. Yeah. You just look them in the eye and you say the next time you ever consider saying that's a decent six to me, don't, don't yeah. bother. You just range it. Just tell me that's, <laughs> yep. Give that's me rage. 40, that's 46 yards, baby. Give me a rage. Get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. Put me in coach. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, tag me in because it's coming regardless. So yeah, yeah. no, but I, I respect it. You know, hopefully one day I'll get there, but I don't know. I don't know if I ever will because now that my kids are coming up into the, now it's their turn. So now I've, kind of been focusing on my oldest this year and we had we had a really good season with her and so i get i'm getting a lot of excitement and joy out of just watching her grow yeah. on the mountain and just become this little huntress and it's it's pretty awesome you know so that's kind of that's, i i could see my path kind of shifting there and you know my youngest is a few years behind her and so as soon as i think my oldest is where the I could be like, hey, go fly the coop. You you take that canyon. I'll take this one. Yeah. We'll meet at the top or bottom. That now my youngest will be right behind her. So I don't know. I, I got a, I got a lot of years of hunting with my kids ahead of me, and I'm really looking forward to that. So I I've been putting my oldest in for more tags than I'm putting myself in for this this year. So hopefully, you know, she can we can go spend a lot of time together on the mountain. Yeah, it's it's interesting you you bring that up because I've got my oldest niece just turned 18. <clears throat> And so she's always had access to youth tags. I mean, growing up, they didn't have youth tags when I was doing it. Mm -hmm. You just had to jump in with everybody else. And so my brother, Jeff, he's like, oh, Haley is going to learn a lesson this year. She's always had an elk, you know, a youth elk tag that started before everybody else and ran for, yep. you know, three months. And he says, this year she's in with all this and she's going to learn exactly how hard it is to elk hunt in the Cascades. And, mm -hmm. and my brother's a good hunter. So he goes out first day, they get into a, a six point, they didn't connect, but 
once again, she's hunted one day in general season, gets into a big mature bull. I think it was the second day, might have been the third, that she kills a big, thick five point. And he's like, I think she's ruined because now she doesn't even understand. Like this was this was even better than what she had at the youth. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think mine got a little spoiled this season, not intentionally, but I mean, it's just I don't know what it is if God just takes care of some of the kids or what. But man, it's just like all right, we're gonna go on this blacktail hunt. She ends up shooting like a once in a lifetime blacktail, and it's just you know she kills a new state record turkey. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, and it was just, I mean, she had one of those seasons. She killed a giant odd ad and a good, really good ram this year. And it was just, so she, you know, she, but she's, <laughs> she's earned them. It, and, and, you know, yeah. I had some buddies that are like, oh man, you're spoiling your kid. And I'm like, I don't look at it like that because they don't see the last three, four years of her just grinding out, packing bear bait in these hellhole canyons and shooting right. bears and packing them out at one, two o'clock in the morning, getting home at three, you know? So like, they don't see those days of hunting public land and just doing 15 miles in two days to shoot a freaking doe. And it was just, you know, so you, they don't see that. So like when I see her connect on a really good animal, I'm like, all right, kid, like you deserve it. Yeah. You know, like you are now and it's not like she's just out here hunting just, big old ranches her whole life you know she's 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 held out and done some pretty miserable pack outs on in the mountains so yeah. you know and i'm like you take you take these ones when you can because they're not always like this like this, yeah these seasons don't come along every time so you know and she gets it so it's it's fun to watch that yeah it's neat when people you know you're just looking and they're like well gee must be nice to just have it that easy and and exactly you're looking at it yeah it's overnight sensation it it, it only took 26 years you know it, yeah right well that's another like you know i have buddies who are like hey man i'll come kill a bear with you this spring and you know because that bears are like what i obsess over i just i love killing big bears and you know we hunt them in just the nastiest places on earth and you know they these guys will come in and i'll bring them in one time and they'll come into these canyons and you never hear from them again and like here's this now she's 13 but i mean nine 10 11 12 year old little girl and it's like hey if i go down here's the keys get to the truck and go get help you know because i'm carrying a whole right. bear off my back and you know middle of the night and, and just straight vertical coming down and and so you know like they don't see those nights they don't see us yep. crossing rivers and streams and freezing our asses off to get back to the truck and coming out and torrential downpour rain and you know they, that those are the days but like that all builds up to when you yeah. show up on a hut and it's the first day and you find a hammer and you're like kill that son of a bitch right now because it's like <laughs> it's a great animal we'll take these ones because you know it's like her last bear she killed she passed 20 i think we didn't do anything last, last year it was just a rough season for us just family wise i lost my brother and it was just a brutal year and uh but the year before i mean she passed i think her bear when she killed it was like her 20 24th bear 28th bear i think that she passed until she she shot that one because she i mean she was 12 last year and she was like i want to kill a mature bear like i want to step up to that next level and we went out and she sat i mean i don't know how i think she sat like 17 nights 18 nights total wow and i mean it was a grind and we she'd passed bear after bear and it got to the point i was like just shoot a freaking bear like <laughs> To shoot down's great just she's like is it mature i'm like oh, yeah, like i can't lie to her you know <laughs> and uh and so i'm like no and she'd always ask like how do you know how do you know it's and i'm like you'll when the one steps out you just know and so her right. bear ended up walking out of this brush one night and she looked at me like oh my god and i was like 
that's the one. And that's so she one. ended up letting the air out of it. And it was just, it was an awesome trip. And so, but I mean, I sat there all night and it was, I think it was like one in the morning by the time we zipped our packs up and I sat there and she skinned that, not the whole thing out, but I'd say probably half to three quarters of that bear. I just sat there. Okay. Cut here. This is how you make this cut. This is how you take the foot, like just showing them. And it was just her and I, and we sat there all night and she just skinned it with her little knife. And I sat and watched and I'm like, I'm, you want to do this? Like you got to learn to do this. Like I'm not always going to be here. And so, you know, like that, those are what build up to when you get a chance to shoot something first day, take that opportunity and you enjoy it because it doesn't always happen. That's awesome. Love that story. Yeah. So, well, you know, Bam, one of the questions we ask everybody here <clears throat> on the Pope and Young podcast. I'm excited you, for this one, Jason. I know. He does. Yeah, a, you guys were supposed to. You, apparently, you were supposed to get a questionnaire and seven, so seven, yeah. no, uh, so Jason, seven so, so Bam does like a a holiday Christmas guide for for buying gifts like that every guy needs or whatever. And yeah. so I'm excited to hear his answer for this question because I think he'll have a good one. That's good. So when you find yourself, you know, in the bottom of that bear canyon, or at the top of that mountain in that slide for for bison. Or just out in the woods, what is one, maybe a non-traditional item that you find in your pack or that you want to have along with you on those hunts? Sour Patch Kids. That Sour was quick. That was, I mean, <laughs> I bring them make? everywhere. And everybody, I pull them out. I pull them out. Everybody's like, where the f- how'd you get Sour Patch Kids from? I'm like, think ahead, man. That's one of those things. Like yeah. I stop it, get that or Jolly Ranchers. I always have candy on me. I'm just a fat kid at heart. And everyone's like, Oh man, it's to get your sugar up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, that's yeah, it. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'll go, I'll go with that. And I just, I'm just that, I don't know. I just, I love I've my never candy. seen that in your holiday uh, Christmas guide though. No, no. <laughs> that's one of those things. We're laying there. We're freaking walking for the last three days, chasing bulls. And we're laying on the side of the hill. And there's a big, you get the big Sour Patch Kids from Walmart, like the five pound bag. I'm set. I'm set. <laughs> like if you go to my truck right now, there's bags of candy stuffed everywhere. Like my kids are always getting my keys and going to my trucks. So I was, I always have like Starburst or Sour Patch Kids or Jolly Ranchers. I just, he didn't even hesitate, is. Jay. No, none whatsoever. Just, I mean, literally, bam, there's the answer. That was awesome. I mean, and I carry a lot of crap. Like, I'm not a minimalist hunter. Like, I go with buddies and I pick their pack up. I'm like, what is in here? Did you even bring anything? And I'm like, just lugging. And they're like, yeah. the guys that are cutting down toothbrushes and like weighing stuff out. I'm just like stuffing everything. I'm like, damn, 260 pounds. Like, what? The, cutting a toothbrush in half, that ain't going to make a difference in my big old ass. It's so, it's like, <laughs> I just, I just bring like, I want to be comfortable and I want to have my, my snacks. So yeah, yeah, I would say candy is one of those random things that I always pull out. People are like, right now, and I'm like that, or like a Snickers. Yep, um, the almond Snickers. I'll crush those. That's usually you could probably go in my garage and I have 20 packs in there. Every pack has Snickers and candy, and I guarantee it. Yeah, you know the problem with chocolate, and I like chocolate, but the problem with chocolate is, man, it melts and it freezes, and it's really temperature sensitive. As far as candy, it's delicious, but it's it's weak. As far as the temperature gradients go, I think yeah, Jason, I think, uh, we're bam. We're going to eventually do an episode on best mountain snacks and tree stand snacks. I think Jason, yeah. he's going to have to be a part of that, that episode. Okay. Put him down. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to get him and Nick yeah. on the same one. Cause Nick, kinda, I, uh, you know, I'm a fat it, kid. I am a fat kid at heart. I, you know, and that's where, I don't know if you guys have ever run the peak refuels, 
but I'd be on the mountain and like eating all these other just just god awful like dehydrated meals and stuff. And I was actually home with a buddy of mine years ago, and he pulls one out. I'm like, it was when Pete first was. I don't even. I think it was like their first season that they had launched. And I'm like looking at my meal, and it's like this Southwest chicken, and it's got like shredded chicken breast and like like barbecue, like grilled rice and corn. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna crush this thing right now. And I open it up, and it looks like baby crap and i'm like smell horrible and my buddies over there eat like this chicken pesto pasta for peak and i was like never again went straight to the peak office and <laughs> bought a lifetime supply of that you know it was just one of those things like i want to enjoy a good meal i want my snacks it's yeah. just it's what makes me happy on the mountain i just i some guys they want to suffer and they want to you know they want to earn it and just you know go minimalist i'm like i did all that time in the marine corps of just being miserable and cold and wet and hungry for eight years like i'm not gonna do that by choice so yeah i just trust wasn't me. I, it I find... uh, wasn't it chuck adams that says he goes 100 percent cold food jason it was yeah he doesn't even take a stove insane I don't like, I don't even know who that is. I don't like him. I can tell you that right now. Uh, he's probably the greatest bow hunter of all time. I <laughs> no, mean, yeah, I'm just talking honey. Yeah, no, I, it's yeah, I'm like, just like, yeah. he just, he just, no, like that's insane. That, that's the I, thing that I don't want to be friends with people like that because they're yeah. just on the mountain suffering <laughs> yeah. and they want me to suffer with them. And just, we don't know. I just, yeah. I want, not my, I mean, not my style. Yeah. Not, not to, uh, not to, you know, disregard anything, literally anything that Chuck Adams says, because because he's that dude's a, no, he's a murderer. So he I, is. You know, he he, he is, whatever he wants, but I'm not he's the, with him. No, he's the peak of the mountain. But I'll tell you what, it's there's something to be said when some of my favorite answers or or what have grown to be my favorite answers over the last year or so have been, you know, definitely Justin Gordon Bacon, totally great answer. And then Nick Munt with the Uncrustables. I didn't even know what an Uncrustable was oh, until yeah. I heard Squish about them right here on the Pope and Young podcast. And mm-hmm. one of these days we'll do the snack episode. So we'll we'll bring oh, you on. Man. You can just have a, an assortment on the table of the top BAM snacks out there. I like it. Do you know like um, the back? Have you ever heard of the backcountry fuel boxes? No. Man, it's his name is Cody, and uh, he's got it's called Backcountry Fuel Boxes. Anyways, it's it's a subscription thing, and I'm not a subscription guy. This is actually part of one of my on my Christmas list of like what well, to get your man for the holidays. But you get a box every single month, and it's just different snacks and treats, and then you get like a, a coupon code with them. So we go through, and I pick out all the stuff I want, and it's got this like honeycomb. And, I mean, it's got every it's like made for fat kids, and it's just like a a random assortment of just goodies and so it's like the perfect thing for me and every time they show up i go into them so over the whole winter and most of the fall because i'm just gone um i have like stacks of these things so bear season rolls around and i I just go through and pretty much just take all the good stuff i like and then i'm on the mountain just eating random things i'm like oh god i'll take a picture of it send it to my wife and be like order a case of these like order me these and she's like you're done you you have too much already i'm like but these ones are great so yeah i'm i'm all about the fat kid treats on the mountains but yeah i'd say candy is my go-to um that's my weakness you have a soft i think it's an avery soft side camo cooler and that's the snack bag and someday you know you just add to it and when you're when you're traveling or whatever you just reach in and grab something out oh, no you grab something else 
and uh, one of these days I should probably go through that because I'm not sure the legitimacy of expiration dates nope. on snacks, but I, I'll bet there's some stuff in there from 10 years ago. I have um, a tote, like a legit tote that goes in right? my backseat of my truck. It's in my garage now, but like whenever my kids, like my youngest, she discovered it last year and I was kind of mad. I got to hide it now because she'll, we don't have like, cause we, we eat pretty healthy while I'm home, but when I'm on the road, like obviously I throw all that out the window and she'll, I'll hear that back garage door open and I'll go sneak it out there. And she's just rummaging through my, my toe. She'll just pull out a Snickers or, you know, one of these candy bars or something I have. I'm like, get out of my box, you know? And so yeah. she's always, always in there. But I, every time I, I know I'm going to be hunting out of my truck or just on the road for a while, I put that tote right in. It's got my stove. It's got all my snacks. It's got like nice. everything you can imagine for just, for just being a fat kid on the mountain. It's it, if you can't find it in there, it's, it doesn't you don't need it. Like, yeah. If it's nope, not in there, you don't, you don't need, need it. it. Yeah. Awesome. Nope. Well, Hey, bam, thanks so much for, for everything you're doing out there for, for our wounded warriors and, uh, for, for running wishes for warriors. Uh, look forward to working with you on this bow hunters bash and, and seeing you here and before too long in May. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's been good. Like, you know, it's, it's awesome to see you guys reaching out and, you know, doing these cool, fun, you know, events, you know, the first time I met all you guys was at one of the, um, mountain archery fest. And I think back when all those guys were there and I went to one of the events and it was just, it was awesome to hear the stories and some of these legends, just bow hunters and telling stories and you get to hear it in person. And that's what kind of sparked my, you know, interest and in, in get going and, and kind of just following you guys in a way. And so like, I'm not a hardcore bow hunter by any means. You know, I, I consider myself an opportunistic hunter. I mean, if there was a season to spear and maybe throw rocks at things, I'd be out there doing that too. You know, I just, but it's, it's fun. I, I really enjoy the outdoors and then to be able to hear some of these legends that you've grown up, you know, hearing or reading about in their books and to be able to meet them at these yeah. events, it, it was pretty cool. And so then, you know, obviously getting together at the Western Hunt Expo and talking a little bit and possibly, you know, not possibly, but we're going to put a guy on this moose hunt. Like it's, um, now it's all kind of come full circle yeah. and, you know, we can contribute to this and and now bring the veteran community, you know, more awareness of what you guys are doing. Cause there's a lot of guys out there just want to get into the bow hunting or they've been into yeah. it and, you know, they don't know like the ins and outs. And so I think it's a good Avenue to, to bench the, the veteran outdoor community to, yeah. you know, more of the Pope and young club and just see where it goes from there. So it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad you guys are, you know, jumping on board with some of these really awesome growing new companies. And it's just, I'm excited to see where it goes from there. Awesome. Us too, bam. So thanks for being part of it, man. Look forward to seeing Absolutely. you next time. All right. Thanks so yeah. much. Take care guys. Bye.